0: Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. we may be fearful of a virus we know little about, hesitant to get a vaccine that is brand new, and see hurt and anger abound. Although it might seem reasonable, now isn't the time to panic. Pastor J.D. reminds us today to turn to the one who knows everything and still has a plan. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 6th, 2021.
1: Last week, there were some significant prophetic developments in the Middle East, as I'm sure many of you heard, specifically in and with Israel. Yamina leader Naftali Bennett Lapid and Ra'am chairman Mansour Abbas signed an agreement at a meeting on Wednesday night in the first coalition deal ever signed by an Arab party. This is unprecedented for lack of a better word. Also many are keeping a close eye on Russia and their military exercises in international waters, just 13 nautical miles off the island of Kauai, here in Hawaii. Did you hear about this? Have a nice afternoon. (laughs) According to this popular mechanics report on Wednesday, two U.S. air defense missiles failed to intercept a simulated ballistic missile. This is Russia, right off Kauai. The Russians had likely been tipped off to the test by notices of air and sea closures designed to protect civilians from military activity. Certainly they are flexing their muscles, And they have muscles to flex, by the way. Suffice it to say, things are revving up geopolitically in their significance prophetically as more and more pieces of the prophecy puzzle are put in place. However, after praying and fasting concerning what the Lord would have me to talk about for today's update, he impressed upon my heart to start with his word to Jeremiah the prophet. Chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. The Lord to the prophet Jeremiah said, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. In verse 17 the Lord's word to Jeremiah is, get yourself ready, stand up and say to them whatever I command you Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them." It's for this reason that I, by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, will fearlessly address the most important issue that is facing every single one of us today. Namely, that of the very real and present fear of the unknown. This because there's just so much we don't know. We don't know about what's really going on so much so that even many of the experts are left searching for answers themselves. This has given way to much in the way of speculation concerning that which lies ahead in the coming days, weeks, and months. Thankfully, when we don't know We can go to the one who not only does know, but has also told us in advance so we can know. One of the things that I'm learning is that God does not want us ignorant concerning Bible prophecy. God does not want us ignorant concerning the last days. However, there's a prerequisite, and I'll explain what I mean by that. This requires us to believe by faith in the Word of God and the promises of God, having confidence in what we hope for, which is the evidence of that which is yet unseen. Therein lies the problem. The problem is, our human nature says, seeing is believing. I want to see it, to believe it. That's not what faith says. Faith says, believing is seeing. If I believe, then I will see. This is what Jesus said to Martha when he raised her brother Lazarus from the dead in John 11, 40. He says to her, and never imagined that there's a curtness in his voice or a harsh tone. I imagine the Savior always having a gentle, compassionate, kind, and loving tone when he says this to her. He says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? When the Apostle Paul writes of the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 5 verse 7, he very clearly says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight is the antithesis of faith, right? If I see it, ah, there's no need for faith, because I already see it. No, if I don't see it, then that requires, that's the prerequisite, it requires faith. What's faith? Well, the writer of Hebrews defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence, strong word, the evidence of that which is yet unseen. That's what faith is. Faith has evidence. It's not a blind faith. It's an intelligent faith. And it's a faith in the one who says, trust me, believe me, If you will but believe, you will see. But our problem is, like that man who said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, that's honest. And I think that's the heart cry of every single one of us here today, isn't it? You know, we don't have a word for unfaith. We don't call it unfaith, we call it unbelief. What's unbelief? It means to be without belief. I know this is a... (laughs) It sure sounded better when I wrote it out, but (laughs) you get the point, right? You'll forgive the illustration, but for lack of a better one, and by the way, if you have a better one, please let me know. But when the soda manufacturer wanted to come up with 7-Up, they had to come up with a campaign, an advertising marketing strategy, because they were going up against Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola, who had the lion's share of the market. So brilliantly they came up with this Marketing campaign. Seven Up. The Uncola. Oh. Wait. Uncola? Yeah. No cola in it. It's the Uncola. All of a sudden, I'm looking at Coca Cola and Pepsi Cola out of the corner of my eye because now this is the Uncola. It contains no cola. Again, if you have a better illustration, I am absolutely open. But when you say unbelief, what you're saying is, there's no belief in you. Unbelief. Void of belief. You have no belief. In Hebrews chapter 3, what a fascinating chapter. I was struck by the writer's reference to the Israelites unbelief. And what was so striking about this particular reference is that it's the account of when the Israelites had arrived at this place called Kadesh Barnea. Right there on the, just on the cusp of the promised Land. Sadly, even after seeing the promised land for themselves, 10 out of the 12 of the leaders of the tribes still didn't believe. And you know what happened? It cost over 600,000 men their lives, not counting their wives. Here's the account. It's in Numbers 32. I'll begin reading in verse 8. This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. After they went up to the valley of Eshkol and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. The Lord's anger was aroused that day, and he swore this oath, because they have not followed me wholeheartedly. Not one of those who were twenty years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not one except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun. And here's why. For they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The reason I wanted to begin this way is because there are some similarities between the Israelites then and where we are now. First, it's believed that The Israelites were about two years into the wilderness wandering when they had arrived at this place of testing. And by the way, the 12 that were sent out to spy out the land did so for 40 days, 40, the number of testing and judgment. And it was for that reason that for every day in their unbelief, they would spend one year wandering in the desert and would not enter in to the promised land that God had given them. So too are we heading into year two since this crisis began. And we are now arriving at our own Kadesh Barnea where our faith is being tested. Another similarity is that the Israelites were fearful of the unknown. Yeah, I know God promised us this land, but not so fast. What's there? (laughs) Shouldn't we go check it out first? You know, but God said it's the land flowing with milk and honey. He already gave it to us. Let's just do it. Let's just take God at His word. You, you, wait, you don't believe God? You have to go see for yourself? Yeah. This is why Moses caved under the pressure and sent out the twelve to spy out the land in the first place. Uh, I want to say it's about Deuteronomy chapter 1-ish, heavy on the ish, <laughs> as to why it is that Moses did this. God had already given them the land. They were All they had to do was just take it. Were there battles? Absolutely. But this was the land that God promised them, but they succumbed to fear. And Moses succumbed to the pressure to cave into this fear of the unknown. And in so doing, they found themselves riddled with unbelief. Like with the Israelites then, so too is this true now by virtue of how many are listening to the fear of the ten and not the faith of the two. So they spy out the land. Forty days go by. They come back and they report back to Moses. And not only did all of the Israelites listen to the fear of the ten, they believed them. They believed the ten instead of believing the Lord. So we're told, Numbers 13 verse 27, then they told him, speaking of Moses, and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Imagine them pointing to these huge grapes, so huge that it took two men to carry them back to the camp of the Israelites. You know what they're saying here? They're saying, you know, it's true. It's exactly as God said it was. God promised us that it would be like this, and it's true. God's promises are true. You know what's coming, right? It's what I call an eraser word. But, nevertheless, in other words, everything that we just said for means nothing now because of what we're going to say now. Yes, it's exactly as God promised. It's exactly as God said. It's exactly as God gave us His word it would be. But, this is where we have to be very careful about where we put our butt. Would to God they would have said, man, there's some big giants in that land, but God's promises are true. That's the but in the right spot. And let me just take that one step further, bring it a little bit closer to home by way of personal application. I know God promises to provide my every need, but The rent's due, and I don't have it. Your butt is in the wrong spot. You'll forgive me again for saying it like that, but I think you get the point, right? Here's what you should say instead. You know, the rent's due, and I don't have it. But (laughs) God promises that no matter what, He will always provide. Well, we've got a but here. It's in the form of, as some of your translations render it, nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, verse 30, quieted the people before Moses. Oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel to see this. This is Caleb we're talking about. Mighty man, stop talking. Shut your mouth. Be silent. Do not speak anymore. He said this, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But The men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel, listen, a bad report, a wrong report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature.
0: Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about, despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor JD has created these MidEast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast east Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast east Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for in Spirit and Truth" in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.